0: I guess, you know, immediate, of immediate concern, you know, and since you're a vet of looking at mempools, Mm. um, we're at block, what, 785, I want to say something like
1: 800 and... 78, uh, 786,530 as of 20 minutes ago. There you go. So we've had, like,
0: in the last hour, something like 20 blocks has come in.
1: Yeah. Like scrolling back through this I mean we have blocks are coming in an average about five minutes, it seems. Six minutes. And
0: I, I guess, you know, there are podcasts that talk about the mempool and they have the benefit of video, but like just you know, I feel like this is this could be some <laughs> educational for me, certainly, and maybe for people who just don't follow the mempool all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, how you know how does that happen? I mean, so if you actually did visualize the mempool on mempool. space, you would see of those twenty blocks, you would see seven or eight of them totally blank, yeah, like zero megabytes. That right? makes sense. So, so, like, is it's either we're like you either have a miner guessing a consecutive hash and basically before any transactions can come in immediately, mm-hmm. but that's that's improbable that it's happening sort of six or seven times in an hour right well i'm
1: looking here at the uh at the list of blocks and yeah so it, it looks like here, let the latest block open this um let's see so size we've had i mean in the past 20 blocks there's none that have been empty empty the mem so the mempool is empty right now so as the mempool empties out i mean there's no almost no transactions to be loaded into a block so it looks like the the smallest block was 24 kilobytes by foundry it was the the second to last block i mean so yeah it was a very small block but that's just indicative of nothing in the mempool to be published i was actually i was digging through the early blocks right um this week using timechaincalendar.com and it's a way it's it's a nice interface that you can use to like scrub back in time at the bottom you can scrub through time and to find dates and stuff. So I was looking up like the dates of like, when was my child, what block was it when my child was born or what block was it when I was married? And like I, in scrubbing through, I scrubbed back back into the early days. I mean, and we had years of <laughs> no transactions in the blocks. That's just, nobody was using the network. It was just Satoshi and a few other people that were early users. So, I mean, it's not uncommon to have blocks that are empty because of, I mean, I guess it's more uncommon now than it used to be, but especially now with inscriptions, it's, it's uncommon. But I mean, it seems Matt was wrong. The mempool is empty.
0: Yeah. Well, so I think it's cool to. I think it's cooler than noticing a palindrome block. I think it's cool to notice a period of time where there's no transactions. I mean, it's it's a bummer. It's, you know, it's not the most bullish thing in the world for that hour. But I think it's cool to observe it. Right. And I agree. It it's
1: fun. It's fun to be aware of the blockchain and the state of the of the chain and the state of the mempool. Yeah,
0: it's it just so like, so in the morning, I'm, I study in the morning and with whatever, you know, whatever book it is. And then so every time, like, I have a new header, I mark it with the block time. And so that's how I noticed it because it's just like j- on my block clock. I'm like, as oh, is the block clock screwed up? Because it just hmm. jumped like nine blocks just jumped. Right. And I'm usually, I, I'm trying to train my brain, right, to live. To live on block time, at least when I'm studying, I think mm-hmm. like that's a like I'm transforming this part of the day to live on block time, and um, you know I got my block clock updating every five minutes, so it's sort of in my head. It's just not gonna increment by more than one, right? Yeah, and then boom. What's going on? So now it's like a whole new... Now, okay, forget what I'm studying. Like, this is life. This is happening now. Like, this is kind of cool. This is in the production
1: environment. Well, it's important to remember that the block time, the 10-minute block time is a target. And if, I mean, so on average, they should be averaging out to about 10 minutes. But that means blocks can come in under 10 minutes. That means blocks can come in over 10 minutes. And it just, I would assume, I would have to make an educated guess based on, blocks coming in this frequently that right now there's a lot of machines that are being turned on that potentially there are machines being turned on that had been turned off. So there's hash rate is ripping right now in a way that hasn't yep. been reflected in the difficulty adjustment.
0: Absolutely. So you want to talk about that real quick too? So, so it's like, that's, this is what we see like these um, I'll say uh, perfect storms of low transaction volume, like on a, sp- on a Saturday morning on Eastern Standard Time, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Not that we're the center of the world, even though we think we are. But on a Saturday morning on Eastern Standard Time, maybe you find an hour where no one, you know, you don't, you don't have big transactions. And then we just had a difficulty adjustment, uh, maybe a day or two ago.
1: Yeah, we have two weeks to go. Yeah, it's just happened.
0: Hash rate's been ripping for. Really, the past couple of weeks to a month, we've just seen hash pop up, um, you know, hitting all-time highs, going over
1: four hundred exa hash. Right? Yeah, bouncing right around the four hundred level right now. So
0: then, something then additional has happened in the last couple. Even more hash has come online and has met a low trans- sort of a low, yeah, low transaction period, and just sort of leads to this eye of this aperture of you know 20 blocks in an hour.
1: Yeah, I mean if you think of it from like a very small percentage of the capacity of the hash rate of the planet has ever truly gone offline. I mean other than physically smashing a machine, I mean all of like <laughs> all of the hash rate I and mean, every processor, your phone could be hashing right now. It's just not profitable enough to spend the power to do it. But I mean technically every processor that's ever hashed could still be hashing if their price of power was cheap enough. So, I mean, I I think it's remarkable that the current network hash rate is hovering around 400x a hash. Like, in my mind, it should be a lot higher than that. There's a lot of machines that have to be sitting on... Speaking for myself only as a miner, I have hash rate that's not online right now because I don't have cheap enough power to run it or the capacity to run it. It's like that has to... I would estimate most miners probably probably their eyes are bigger than their stomachs and they end up with more miners than they can, they can have online at any one time. And I, yeah. Me, yeah, 400x a hash doesn't seem like a lot to me, especially you know with the direction we're going.
0: The other interesting thing is the last two days, the price of Bitcoin has ripped downward also.
1: Yeah, which indicates to me there's some larger macro event going on right now that pe- people need liquidity for. Which
0: like, I, I I wondered if it was just tax people just covering their tax payments and their tax bills.
1: Maybe, but I mean, what, um, so a lot of people just waited until the ver- to tax day to pay their taxes. I mean, that maybe. Well, that, yeah, that, I do. I do that. Well, sure, but I mean, like the pe- those pe- there the there's like a concentric what's that, like circles that are they're crossing. Um, that one, one of people that are waiting to the last moment, does, uh, April 15th, to pay their taxes. But then also, like, there's a the group of people that need to sell Bitcoin to raise the cash to pay their taxes. And I can't imagine that overlap is enough to cause the drawdown in the U.S. dollar exchange rate that we've seen.
0: It does seem that way, but it could be a corporate. It could be, you know, just, again, And it's like, I don't know, I just the mechanics i just i i still send a physical check to to the irs and mm. so then i spend the next several days saying oh my god do i do i need to move some money around in fiat to cover this check so like it could lag the april 15th date right yeah absolutely for for a little bit and maybe it is just that maybe it's just companies uh, we are um we also have um Pension contributions That come in On April 15th So like that, That's a due date For some large Institutional um, You know Money movement mm-hmm. That was a That was something That people used to watch On like the S&P um, They would say Oh They would look at The S&P drawdown And, and think Oh there might Might have been a big All the pensions You know At like the same time Needed to Make contributions And this is a year Right, 2023, where that actually might have to happen because of what happened last year. So I wonder if that's a possibility as well.
1: Yeah, looking at the whole I mean, shitcoin ecosystem as, as well as Bitcoin, like everything has sold off pretty uniformly together. So I mean, that is lending credence to your theory. I mean, like, right. keep, but for,
0: the, Yeah, I would say the point of bringing it up wasn't to get into a macro discussion, right? Because we don't tend to, we don't like to time stamp these things too much right Mm -hmm. the point was to say it's interesting that hash rate would rip when essentially the cost of hashing has gone up in the last two days the hash price has like so you know the when bitcoin's price lowers that's obviously worse that's worse for the miner and makes your sort of hash price less makes your hashing less profitable
1: Mm. yeah but I mean and you then have to factor in like the one one of the major differences between Bitcoin and all the other markets and that we have a predictable halving coming up. So it's like, you got to make hay while the sun's shining. It's like, there's never a better moment to hash than right now.
0: Agree, uh, totally. I, yeah, I mean, it's like, if you're looking at it in such short increments, like if I wake up this morning and I see an empty mempool, right? And I see 20 blocks in an hour and I also see hash ripping, I'm like, oh, well, you know, there aren't a lot of transactions right now. I wonder if that's a bear signal. But like hash is ripping and hash is ripping in the face of price dropping, of Bitcoin price dropping. That's like really bullish. I agree. Opinion. Right. that To me, that's like the signal. That's the signal that above all signals to me. It's like hash rate in the face of Bitcoin's price dropping is an incredibly bullish. signal.
1: Yeah, agree. Hash rate is the true signal, in my opinion, because there's people and dollars behind people are supporting that hash rate it's not like that hash comes from nowhere like the hash rate is the link to the physical world that bitcoin has totally and then
0: if you really believe the price of a good is the marginal cost of producing that good then you're only really looking at hash rate
1: Well, say so yeah, if having everybody selling all the coins selling off simultaneously it's like okay well that sounds like somebody who was utilizing crypto as a hedge. again Like, they're trying to get more dollars out of their crypto. And it's like, well, I got to sell now to pay bills. Because, like, people that are into Bitcoin, like, I would sell everything else before my Bitcoin to pay my taxes. So, yeah, it's... Uh,
0: True. But I, we are in a year, 2023, where a lot of people's uh, choices have been limited. I think most people, even... Even shit-coiners, right, are selling everything else before their Bitcoin, right? The, most even, like, people with, like, 50 shit-coins in their portfolio, they protect the Bitcoin over everything else, in my right, right. In my view. That's what speaking. I did when I was a shit-coiner. There was right. never a
1: moment, even in my shit-coining career, that I didn't understand, oh, Bitcoin is where it's at. Everything else is a way to get more Bitcoin.
0: But a lot of people are tapped out, especially, say, no-coiners who got wrecked in Treasuries last year, mm. right? Right. Um, a lot of people are just tapped and there's nothing left. And that, that's really what happened to Bitcoin last year too, right? Mm. It just Bitcoin got swept up in that liquidity, right? And now if there's another liquidity event, like people needing to pay their taxes or, you know, I mean, I'm just, we're just making that up. Who knows what's happening? Yeah,
1: there's some need for cash out there, f- fiat out there that people are exchanging yeah. their, their coins for.
0: But that there's this purposeful... Continual commitment to um, spending, still spending money on electricity to to mine new Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right? To create marginal Bitcoin, very bullish. That's real signal. That's true human action, and that's that's a human action I can understand. As opposed to who knows, like there's fifty other theories of what could be why people sell their Bitcoin.
1: It's right? good to be in tune with the blockchain, the like the status of the network. And like I, like, I had a bunch of a one sat per, per byte transactions queued up. They all, they all <laughs> have been like, yeah. they've all been clearing in the past day and a half.
0: Yeah. I mean, this was something it's, you know, it's like the people that like, oh, go, we're never going to see Bitcoin under 30K again. You know, we're never going to see one, one sat per V byte transactions again. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe we will.
1: And there's some people that think we'll, <laughs> we'll never see $70,000 Bitcoin again. It's like, well, it did it once. It probably can do it again. It's like thirty thirty thousand dollar Bitcoin. It did it once. It can probably dip down below it again. I think we
0: will see seventy thousand dollar Bitcoin at least. Like when I say focusing on the word "again," I mean I don't. We haven't gotten to seventy k, but I believe we'll see that dozens of times. I'm rounding up from sixty nine. Right, but it'll be dozens of times. It'll go up above it. It'll go below it. It'll go above it. It'll go below it. Right, mm-hmm. dozens of times over a Several year period, I you know, we'll see every price, you know, we'll see yeah. every price dozens of times because we have a high volatility XBT USD price.
1: The Bitcoin is network in. is going to keep getting stronger and more resilient as more people join it. And it's generally it's a one one way door. People don't get into it and then flee back to fiat at some point. It's like once you get in, you kind of you start moving everything that direction but that being said, like fiat, the dollar system itself is over the next five years is going to fluctuate in strength. I mean that, that's going to rob buying power of everything yep. else as as the feds make a good decision and the dollars get more scarce and so they get a higher buying power, that's going to impact everything else. and then as you know what, they yep. as they have to bail out and print more money, that's going to decrease the buying power of yeah I, I see. like the price of gold in weimar germany it's like it went up it went down it went up it went down it's we're gonna you don't get to the world reserve currency status without a bit of volatility (laughs) you know what else is a one-way door what's that a hash true yeah you're not that's that's a one one one-way value you're not getting the value back the other direction back into fiat there that is the theme of (laughs) the essay i wrote called highway to hex
0: highway to hex oh yeah it's a it was a um I was listening to the song Highway to Hell. This goes back to like my whole, I don't want to sound pretentious and call it a thesis. It's just my idea of bands spreading cypherpunk signal without realizing it. Yeah. You know, and it was just a fun, like when I talk about it with fish, nobody knows who fish is and they don't, doesn't mean anything. But when I mention an iconic song like ACDC's Highway to Hell, which, I mean, there's a cornucopia here to begin with, because ACDC, what is that, right? ACDC is a um, it's a way to send power in multiple ways, right? Be, in, to trying to adapt to what human beings have built. We have an alternating current and a direct current, you, you know, right? Mm-hmm. AC, ACDC is a versatile solution for sending power, right? Now, I'm sure these guys weren't thinking, man, people are going to be thinking really deeply about this and 30 years when we start dealing with Bitcoin, but who knows, right? That They were chosen. They chose that name. Maybe it was just cool, right? But ACDC itself is relevant to people who care about power. And then they wrote this song called Highway to Hell. Um, and the first lyrics of the song are Living Easy, Being Free. Uh, but the one I focused on is like, like, I think it was a season ticket on a one way ride. So maybe that is like obfuscated code for cryptographic hash. Season ticket on a one-way ride. I think of that so much that it's that's the power of a discrete log hash where you can't go back. Can't go back, right? Nothing in the world,
1: no army in the world can get you back to guess the key. Yeah, hash function is a one-directional thing.
0: Yep. Absolutely, and that is the
1: reason this all works, and as long as that's the case, this all works. I think there's hidden hidden knowledge in a lot of old music. I don't want to say that they're they're not doing it anymore. I'm sure there's artists out there that're still still putting hidden messages in their music, but it it seems like like everything else, Fiat has infected modern music in a in a certain aspect
0: well. Oh, uh, it's, it's... Okay, so here's my... Here's what I would say. First of all, I would stand... I would fight about this that nobody, know, nobody knew what they were doing, right? So I think there are bands that tried to be... Like, you had Black Sabbath, right? Who, like, wanted to be like a horror movie genre in a band. And they made the scariest sounding music that they could. And they tried to do all this devil shit and, right, to just kind of frighten their listeners mm. and create that genre. But... But this idea of where's the muse, like who's providing the muse, I don't think these guys ever really know who's providing the muse. There's no way like Paul McCartney can explain who the hell was uh, really, how he had a direct line into God to write so many iconic, timeless songs, right? There's no way he knows really who is writing those checks to him right all he knows is that one day it stopped right mm. never to come back again right mm. and so i like to imagine okay so i do I, I like to imagine i'm not saying oh i know this for a fact i like to imagine that there were spirits that wanted to prepare these gener- the generations we lived in for the era we are going through now there are spirits that want and there were evil spirits and benevolent spirits alike that want, right? Just like, I mean, you know, shitcoiners and Bitcoiners. <laughs> um, like, so when I think of the band Fish, right, there's the evil spirits that gave them their name. They didn't know in 19, there was no such word as fish in 1983. It was a kind of a joke about their drummer, whose name is John Fishman. And they thought that P H I S H would be easier to copyright. They had no idea that there was going to be a word. Created that actually describes the most adversarial and criminal behavior maybe one can perform in the world we're living in. They had no idea, right? No no idea that some evil spirit was screwing with them on their name. However, on the other side of that, um, they were discussing concepts, kind of like ACDC, as I described before. Like, Fitch was introducing concepts in nonsensical language just because we didn't have... We didn't have Bitcoin. We didn't know what we were doing this for. right? So it sounded nonsensical. Things like I look into the finance box just to check my status. Like that sounds kind of cool, but it's like, what? That's actually pretty profound. <laughs> That's not something you could do in 1986. There's no such thing as a finance box, but I've got a finance box in my hand right now in my basement.
1: It definitely <laughs> feels like there are people in society who have a better grasp on I mean, I guess, I guess like, like Christians call it the spiritual battle, the battle between good and evil. I mean, you can, yeah. you can, you can view it like the aliens versus versus de- devils. There's, there's lots of ways to look at good versus bad, the light side versus the dark side. There's been a hundred different ways of kind of transcribing this concept into society. And I mean, for a pretty good percentage of my life, I kind of discounted it and like, oh, no, that's, that's just a, a, a metaphor of trying to communicate good and evil. But I, as I've as I've gotten a bit older, I, I think there's some truth to it that there is more going on in metaphysically than us humans can grasp with with our five senses.
0: Absolutely. I think we believe I think we probably need both. but I think the reason why like if you if you look at why cancel culture is such a horrific thing, right It's like you if you just want to eliminate the bad, right? Eliminate things you don't like. You're going to just eliminate all the signal. You're going to miss,
1: right? You're going to miss well, I mean, the signal. If you're, you're going to everything. be so hubristic to say that I am, because of, I have decided w- what is good and what is correct, and anybody who disagrees with me is wrong, and yeah, I'm going to ban X subject because I'm right, it's like, evil is that which assumes its knowledge complete. And if, like, if you think your knowledge is complete, like you are the personification of evil projected into this dimension.
0: Yeah. Well, that is the um, I think that really symbolizes the battle between Bitcoin and the world. It, it's the world it's trying to fix because mm. it's now it's been unleashed into a world that thinks it's no, that thinks it knows everything, that thinks it could central plan uh, utopian societies um, or that has convinced the lemmings that people can plan their utopian is when they're really planning their prisons, right? And yeah. Just, they, even they realize they can't do it, and so they're just going for... They don't want to end up in the prisons themselves. The lemmings
1: so they, have been convinced that there is no such thing as absolute truth. Everything is subjective, so, like, what's it matter about learning about these things? Because everything can be changed if somebody in the tower decides to.
0: Right, and so they're... Like, it's almost like... <laughs> yeah, some Bitcoiners... You, you take the New York Times article from a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I mean, if... If your world is Bitcoin, as mine is, it was like oh no big deal, no nothing burger. Wow, another failed, another failed attempt, and then some fun memes that came out of it, like oh what a, what a horrific, um, planet destroyer the New York Times is, you know. Pump, Just another Tuesday in down, Bitcoin, cutting down all those trees, and it was almost like the Satoshi skull comeback from the Greenpeace, right? Like they've almost created, you know. Except I think Bitcoiners didn't even want to give New York Times the power or credit. Like New York Times didn't have the decency to come up with something cool like Greenpeace did.
1: (laughs) Or an original attack vector. It's like they're just using this. They're reusing the same attack vectors that have been used for the past 10 years. But just another Tuesday. But then if you go
0: like even near the normie world, right, that actually the New York Times article penetrated people and had an impact. I'm pretty sure it did.
1: If you're still holding the New York Times as some sort of oracle in your brain, uh, yeah, I'm sure a big headline like that, they're like, wow, have you, have you heard what the oracle said? So th- I told
0: you I have a friend who's, um, he's like a, he, he's a shit corner and a bit, you know, and he's been around a long time. And he is a, um, he's like a managing editor of a well-known crypto Show and news source, I think. I don't, I'm saying this slowly and
1: inarticulately because I don't want to like, you don't want to dox who it is,
0: uh, or uh, yeah, or besmirch him at all. But I do, so he's somebody I, he's a friend of mine. I um play basketball with him, (laughs) so there, if he ever hears this, right, uh, I'm talking about him, but like, I, I watch his show every once in a while, um, and so I kind of wanted to hear, I just, he's somebody I know. I want to know his takes. And, you know, he's somebody I know who h- ends up with strong takes in this field, right? So I want to know what he's thinking. And so I watched his show on the New York Times article, right? And it was just, God, I couldn't believe how much he was saying, oh, I wonder. Oh, it was, no, it was about Intel. It was the Intel um, decision to stop making, um,
1: you know, H6. stop making ASIC chips. Right,
0: okay. And all of it, out of nowhere, he's like, I wonder how much they were spooked out by the New York Times article, right? Like, so in Bitcoin world, (laughs) nobody, that's not, like, in Bitcoin world, there were a lot of wild theories about the feds getting to Intel, and right? And that's like, and I'm not, I don't want to make fun of that. It's actually a very possible thing that happened. I'm just saying that is where pretty much, that's like the... That's the vector, Bitcoiners. As a a
1: Bitcoiner, I don't connect those two events. That's interesting that he's connecting those two. So yeah, it's like, oh oh, yeah, they got spooked out. I highly doubt, I highly doubt that they, anybody
0: was, I would have said that for myself, but this is what is being put out there, right? And Like as a plausible, you know, incidentally, incidentally in the same show, right? One of his uh, one of his colleagues actually said that Intel he made so many ASIC chips that they just didn't feel that, didn't feel the need to continue. They, they didn't need to continue the operation. They said that they they're so well. He's saying there's such a glut of ASIC chips that they made that it's going to take years before they can ever be sold. So did I, ASIC, I ASIC actually
1: pro- or did Intel actually produce any chips? Publicly? Apparently,
0: according to according to shitcoiner sources. Okay. Oh, okay. According to shit sources who also happen to be considering the possibility that the New York Times influenced their decision to uh, exit. Right. Mm-hmm. According to those sources, there is a piece of information potentially from them that Intel made so many chips already that they just tapped out, and that was that. Was
1: that. that seems extremely unlikely to me, but hey, who knows, maybe.
0: <laughs> right. It's just as unlikely as all of the other noises. So, uh, you know... Again, I only really consume this because I have a personal relationship, and I want to, you know, sure. understand well, understand I mean, this person.
1: One of the features of somebody who's investing in altcoins, is, or I mean, or it's like thinking about Bitcoin as an investment at all, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. okay. Well, you're consuming noise. And processing it as if it's real data. Like if they were if they were ignoring the noise and focusing on signal, they would be a Bitcoiner. But the, for the yeah. as the very evidence that they're focused on these other projects is immediately apparent to me that okay, well they're paying attention to bad to bad signal, to bad noise, and I, like listening to the New York Times and then trying to trying to they're using their precious brain CPU cycles to try to process something that is was created to confuse and deceive them.
0: Yeah, it's wild. And I guess, you know, one thing maybe it's interesting to talk about because people might relate to this who have like shit corners in their life. Like, this is a guy I really like. I'd lo- love to have more a more interesting relationship with this person. He's a, like a really good guy, smart guy, right? He's fucking great with people. And so it's like every once in a while, I might actually get tricked into thinking, you know what, maybe I should like learn more about what's going on in the world. But then I just see like five minutes of this shit and it's like, no, can't do it. Cannot do it.
1: Like your brain is the amalgamation (laughs) of the 30 people that you spend time with. And the longer I've been in Bitcoin, the less desire I have to expose my brain to... People that are still pondering things that I've already, I've already essentially put a bookend on. Like there, I, I I'm not going to say there's nothing that a shitcoiner, no argument that a shitcoiner could could come up with, and uh, that would make me question my conviction in Bitcoin, because I can't say I can't say empirically. Maybe there's some argument out there, but I, I think I have considered Bitcoin from more angles than most people. And so like if somebody's spending like yeah I, I like you say like p- for people that have shit coiners in their lives yeah like I, I know shit coiners I have I, I know people that are uh, that haven't uh, wrapped their mind around what they're messing with yet And as like I, okay well I'm I'm not going to cut them out of my I, like it depends on the person like I'm not going to cut family members out of my lives but I'm certainly going to limit the conversations that I have with them because like I am until they ask until they're they painful dude yeah it's yeah. painful It yeah, is so, like it, it is painful. and uh, it's, it's like talking it's to somebody who thinks we're in Ukraine to, for, to bring freedom to Ukraine. It's like we are so far apart in our starting assumptions that I, I can't even have a conversation with you about it. Yeah,
0: I, I, I have to say, I, I don't know how to navigate the future of the world like this in this way, right? It's because the reality is we aren't in Galt's Gulch, right? We're not in some secretive forest protected by some strange metaphysical view that no one can find us, right? We don't we have a physical
1: boundary. We have a we have a boundary of digital fire in Bitcoin. But yeah, the physical mountain ranges are missing.
0: We're smack dab in the middle of enemy territory. Yes. Every one right. of us. And so it's an interesting dynamic, I guess I'll just say it's good to I like to know my Know my enemy, and some you know I have to call people I really like my
1: enemy. Living know, in enemy continue. territory. I mean that that's what that is in and of itself. What lights the fire under Bitcoiners to like, okay, well we need to build a Bitcoin citadel here. We need to, we need to get people on board with Bitcoin so that I can live here and not not be worried about my neighbors. Like I'm not gonna say I fear my neighbors. I I own weapons and I'm pretty sure they don't. So it's like okay, I'm aware of them in in a way that I think they're not aware of me, and that I'm I'm considering them a potential threat. But I mean that's like yeah you, we are all living in inside of enemy lines. We're behind enemy lines and we're here. So what's the solution? Well, we got to turn enemy territory into friendly territory.
0: Yes, in some sly roundabout way that they just are going to wake up one day and realize, well,
1: I guess I got to deal with it. Right, there is no you can't ignoring bitcoin is not a viable option. It's Bitcoin is Agreed. going, yeah, I mean, you, it's, it is. As I mean, like it already,
0: it already costs. It are, I mean, it's clearly, there's a cost to either ignoring it. Yes. To fighting it, to delaying it. Um, there, you can't name a
1: person who has not paid that price. Ignoring right? it is not, not taking a position. It's taking a counter position.
0: Yeah, because everybody knows, everybody's been told the facts about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. now whether they read those things that present maybe more signal than others or not is part of whether or not you know some people just don't have a life that's structured to see signal and they're paying the price i mean they've probably gotten their whole family jabbed like things like they've already paying the price they already had to deal with their schools descending into madness like you know when you People are already paying the price in the world for not knowing that they can actually do something about their life. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Bitcoin's sure. just a piece. Bitcoin is like an ingredient and a very strong indicator, um, a very strong indicator of how willing people or how much they need to um, people need to know that they need alternative systems for food, education, healthcare, money, etc.
1: So I have a presentation coming up uh, in a couple week weekends for a. Uh, I mean, essentially, it's a, like a, it's a local anarchy cell. Uh, I I don't think there there is any really formal structure. It's just a group of like-minded people uh, who have realized. I mean, so they they don't have the Bitcoin piece of the puzzle yet, but they do have the. Okay, well, we need to be sovereign with our with our money, or or with our with our food. I say right. So I mean, money. They're 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 like. A, Gold and silver, folks, right now. But I mean, they they have real heavily invested into uh, becoming sovereign in their food supplies, um, and a lot a lot of a lot of different ways. I'm not, I won't go into them too specifically, but no. I
0: get, so before you get into that, I mean, yeah. I find it. I I so I my community where I live is full of people like this, also, and they're not they're not anarchists. They are people who probably uh, I don't know where I don't know where it started but they are already they've been making their own schools and when COVID happened they just started their own homeschool they sound situation. like anarchists to me right they've been well they, they live the spirit of it right They in their hearts for sure and in their practice so they have a community where they've got their own schools volunteerism they got, they've got their own doctors they have got their own food This is just absolute yes, yes, yes. And yet when I talk to them about Bitcoin, it's just like, it's just like goes into a vacuum.
1: So yeah, that's, that's what I've been trying, what I've been wrestling with with my presentation is how do I, how do I um, introduce Bitcoin to these people in a way that, I mean, so if you're not like until you wrap your mind around Bitcoin, Bitcoin seems like, oh, like it sounds too good to be true. Like you're, you're telling me that there's this freedom technology that no one can control and no government can control. And it's, it's going to it's going to sort the wheat from the chaff. You're, you're telling me that the meek shall inherit the earth. And I mean, once you wrap your mind around Bitcoin, the answer is yes. Yes. In fact, that's happening right now. And you, you are welcome to be a part of it. Bitcoin is a grassroots phenomenon from the bottom up. So like I, that's that's an area that I'm trying to focus on the grassroots nature of it. But so like I'm I'm starting with like what is money in general. So like, I'm going to talk talk about money, what money is, what is value, and then what is Bitcoin, and then moving into how like I'm trying to like distill the Bitcoin uh, hash function down into a couple slides that that is <laughs> that is processable by folks that are not necessarily these these are folks that are probably. Uh, on in line they would they could be in line to like get help for with their smartphones it's like that kind of like there's a lot of people out there that don't have the technical necessity yeah, to right. really wrap their mind around asymmetric encryption but i mean fortunately right. they, bitcoin so it, i can, think can it's you, can you scan a qr code
0: well i think that there's a um, so there's a selection process i believe and i think people who are in this category tend to to have um, rebelled against the technolization of the world.
1: Yeah, technology is demonized by a certain percentage of the uh, population. It's like because all not, they've I mean, seen from it is oppression. Like they've never seen technology be used as a way to liberate humans. Yeah.
0: So my, uh, so I have a theory, and maybe this will help you talk to these people. And if you're successful, man, you, you, I'm going to teleport you over here <laughs> to talk to. The people in my community. I'll, I'll send you sure. my slide
1: deck when I get it complete. Either way, and you can yeah. look at it. So
0: my theory is, I believe it or not, I actually got to ask Svetsky a question on this. Um, I could get I can go into that, but um, my theory is that th- these guys are so based, okay, that they are they just believe the government will. They they believe the government is too powerful, and because they've years of cultural um, participation, right? They've managed to overcome. Um, you know, they found a way to school their kids without having to get them sixty shots. They've managed to find their farms, right? They've done all the things that like Bitcoiners have woken up in the last ten years and decided to do. They've been doing this for decades, and they. But but it's they've never revisited. They've never revisited the assumption that the government is all powerful. They've just, they have opted out. They opted out in a world before Bitcoin
1: existed. Mm. Okay. Yeah, the Amish.
0: Uh, well, it's not, these aren't just Amish though. These are like, these are, I'll call them regular, regular folks who just. Oh sure, so I, I, I use the Amish so as, as an example
1: of a community that is, yeah. they, ha, they have opted out of this system decades and decades, centuries ago. They decided to go so, a different direction.
0: So what they're missing to me, because I, I these are like there are some people here that I care about dearly, like dearly, dearly um, close friends, and um, I think the opportunity, right, is well a to learn from them because they can teach I believe they can teach Bitcoiners a lot more about the world we want to live in than we can teach them about alternative systems. However, the opportunity for them is peace. You know, that they, they like they just are living in war constantly with a entity more powerful than them, which is the state. Right. With no they don't
1: believe there's an option. They don't believe there will ever be an option
0: or a tool.
1: Right. There's living kind of your whole life in that pessimistic attitude. It makes it very difficult to see the, the, uh, the silver lining to the cloud that Bitcoin is. It's like, what do you and mean? There's hope. So why would you I hope? Don't even,
0: right. So you don't even get to enjoy the fruits of being, you know, of being so kind of good. You know, you just don't even get to enjoy it. And your kids are born into this battle, and they, that's this is what they live. And it's just black pill. Um, now these are strong. These are like really strong people, right? They're warriors. But. Showing them, so maybe what it is is to show them how, that, how powerful Bitcoin is. I mean, and now, you know, it's hard, if, if they're not technical, it's hard to really get across the cryptographic power, right? And how <laughs> SHA-256 was created to, you know, decades and decades ago for, you know, crack for, for the military, Right. So, but when you realize you have a tool to protect your wealth that no government, all the governments in the world combined, can't touch, you know that the possibilities now of getting these guys—it
1: sounds too good to be involved. true. It sounds well, like a honeypot. Oh, you're—why t- are you trying to get me invested in this? It's like it—they're skeptical people. I'm optimistic that Bitcoiners and these types of people, be it the Amish or these uh, these folks who have created their own those schools out in your area, it's like Bitcoin, like we are going to experience a symbiotic relationship with them. It's like okay, you don't get Bitcoin until you're ready to get Bitcoin. And some people, I mean the Bitcoin's a litmus test that they'll never pass. It's like they will I mean they're going to get Bitcoin by well, you, okay, you you guys have built these parallel systems and schools. Well Bitcoiners and want to send their kids to your schools. Do you want their Bitcoin? Yes or no? It's like at some point, I mean, there, there's going to be like interplay between these two. Like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I would say like, these are not like, we're not enemies. We are friends who don't know each other yet.
0: Totally, totally. We, we are friends with a common enemy.
1: <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, but the, but yeah, really, the question is how much of so these closed-door communities who have, have put up their own walls and built their own things, okay, well, like unless you get Bitcoin, your walls are going to crumble because you've built them on sand, whether you realize it or not.
0: Yeah, what you're making me realize was, so I've had this view of Bitcoin future is that it's going to be driven by sellers. I mean, it's going to be driven by providers of services, right? Mm. And... This is so great. This is why I love talking to you, man. Because it's like, yeah, you've got the perspective that not, you know, not no,
1: but also it's going to be driven by people who want to pay in Bitcoin. Right. It's it's going to be the only thing that has value. It's going to be the people who have purchasing power that are the ones who make the decisions. Yeah, it's it's a really, it's kind of a great point. I want to
0: think about that a lot more in general, like it's. Yeah, my, view, my point of view is like, you're not going to be able to buy a real stake unless you're willing to pay in Bitcoin, so you better get some, right? Yes. You're not going to be able to uh, get medical services from, you know, a real health practitioner who gives you shit unless... You got Bitcoin, so you better well, I, get some. It's like, right? there's
1: gonna be lab-grown steak for sale for for U.S. FedCoin dollars. There's going there's going to be a a, a quote unquote doctor who wants to pump that's your kids full of shots and hormones, and uh, that is available for for FedCoins. That's right. Like, yeah. The it's it's the, what, the quality the of the merchandise. You better get
0: some Bitcoin. You better get some Bitcoin if you want real shit. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And that's that's been my perspective, but. It's like also it's been it's only been one sided and it's missing like, yeah, you also better embrace Bitcoiners because they're, they're going to be the, that's the market. So,
1: well, I mean, it's 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 a market like embracing Bitcoiners is a market for the rest of the world to like, OK, well, it's until if you never have that moment of realizing where the value of money comes from, you're you're not going to get Bitcoin until it's the only option. It's like, there's a lot of people out there who are brilliant people who have, they're very smart in certain dimensions, but they're not going to like, look at Elon Musk. Elon Musk is building rockets to take us to fucking Mars. And he's succeeding enough that he he's now has launched the most powerful rocket ever in history. And it was a test launch. Yeah, it failed in, uh, on its way up. But um, that was the point of the launch. What You don't get to orbit without figuring out how the rocket works. But Elon Musk is a shitcoiner. Like he, for all of his intelligence, for all of his engineering brilliance, he has not wrapped his mind around where value comes from. It's like I yeah, think totally. he's one of the most prominent examples of you can be really fucking smart and be retarded at the same time. Totally, totally, it's
0: like a, and it's a, it's a great
1: example. It yeah. makes yeah. me. I mean, it makes me question myself daily. Like, where am I? Re- how am I retarded today? It's like, okay, I have. Quote, I've kind of figured out Bitcoin enough that I've realized, oh, this is pretty much the only option. If I want to build a future, I need to base it on Bitcoin. I have figured that bit out, but yeah. other than that, way, is I mean, the world is a very nebulous and squishy place that I have a lot left to learn about. And you, know, you just take the,
0: you can take the word literally, like, you know, slowed by friction, for, right? If you're not using. If I believe if you're not in a Bitcoin standard and you're not working towards a Bitcoin standard, you are slowed by friction.
1: Yeah, you're fighting the tide. You're swimming against the current. Yeah. Like trying to save with dollars is... is It's an interesting... It's interesting to wrap your mind around when you're like, what, what actually am I saving here? It's like, well, I'm saving future coupons, I guess. Like coupon, yeah, it's... The Robert the Robert Breedlove, what is money question is a, I'm, I'm actually, I'm including that in my PowerPoint presentation, Okay, what is money? And then with the like, well, money, well, let me open my PowerPoint here. What is money? It's a beautiful, eternal question.
0: And as I've said many times, it's never like, it's always a, it's all about the inquiry. And this is why I love Bitcoin Bitcoiners, it's all about, there's no, there's no answer. Right. And in fact, we shouldn't even be seeking an answer because answer just ends the inquiry, and then fun time's over, game's over. Right. It's the it's it is the ex- exploration of the inquiry as to what, and that's why yes. he
1: has thousands of hours on his channel. Right. You can go because so many different directions with where value comes from.
0: Do you, do you think he's concerned that somebody's going to come on the show and say, uh, "Money is X," and it's like, "Oh, okay, I need a new podcast." No. I mean this is <laughs> right. This is like the enduring one. Of the, it's the enduring question of our time.
1: Well, it encourages like thought, theoretical things. Like, well, why don't we use why don't we use blades of grass as money? Why don't why don't we still use gold coins? Like, why don't we use vehicles as money? So, so on my slide, money is. I have. I mean, you're right. There is no true answer. But I have, money is an engineered technology. Money is trusted, and money is the highest form of energy. Like, those, those are the three bullet points that I'm going to discuss uh, for this slide.
0: Right. And then I would look at, so I look at human beings from a certain model. There's a be, uh, the be do, have model. You First, you ask yourself, who are you? So, and then, so I guess we could apply this to money, right? We're asking money, what are you, who are you, right? Mm. The second question is, well, okay, well, once you know who you are, then you say, well, what do I do? What does somebody who says, I am X, what do, they, what do we do, Right. I think that's an easier question to answer, and maybe that's where we have to go with people is just be like, well, what does money do, right? It's not, right? It's, what does money really do? Now, we know what it does between people, maybe between businesses, right? But, you know, money lubricates economies,
1: and maybe it's this, it's the... Money reduces barter friction and counterparty risk. Yeah,
0: like the better the money is, the more... Um, people understand value.
1: Oh, the uh, the purer the, signal you get on value, the better the money is. Like if yeah, you have a terrible if you have a terrible technology like fiat, the price, the distortion of the prices you're gonna get is so great that it's, you're gonna have a hard time determining the true cost of anything. Which is correct. what we, what society's figuring out right now. Oh yeah, it turns out the price of a barrel of oil is not eighty dollars. It's probably a lot higher than that.
0: Yeah, So where does this? Where like I think where we see this. Um, you know, you've been following, I take it, these, you know, Amer- uh, the world's obsession with AI now, right?
1: I have. I, um, I included some uh, AI generated content in my PowerPoint slides. So,
0: the statement I do hear that I, I agree with, kind of, is that, okay, this is going to take a lot of stupid work away from people and make people more productive because they're not going to be doing tasks that AI can do, right? Mm. that's a that's a general statement and I like I hear that all the time in business like I'm gonna take I'm gonna automate this process and people are gonna be able to spend their time on more productive things right the problem is that that's not gonna happen until we fix the money because until we fix the money right nobody knows the value of anything as you said and Mm. therefore how, how are people gonna know what to do in a way that they're all pointing in a productive direction right not going to happen right it's, it's just people are going to have more time to do the malinvestments that they already do,
1: yeah, I, I would go back in history to like when the spreadsheet was introduced to corporate america It's like people that it's not like people it's not like people were fired overnight because spreadsheets were suddenly a thing It's people Dude, I was there people that I learned was... how to use spreadsheets just out competed people that didn't know how to use spreadsheets, so over time. What? It was just a tool that was that people learned how to use. It's like that's people, true. And but a, I can tell you, yeah, I, was,
0: I could tell you, I could tell you because I was there. Right. One of my fir- like my first year working, um, I took a bunch of spreadsheets and automated, basically, like got rid, of, essentially, got rid of them using VBA. And beautiful. I was al- I was almost like everybody who I showed this to was like, "Don't do this. You can't do this." We will not have any work. What are you trying to do? Blah, blah, blah. It was like met with hate. Um, So I guess I'll just throw that context in from somebody who was there on the front
1: line with spreadsheets. That that sounds real similar to what people are saying about AI right now. Yeah, right? Right. And now all, you know, spreadsheets didn't uh, reduce jobs. You learned how to use spreadsheets and you're still employed. Like I'm sure you taught more than several people your, your little tricks of the trade on how you were more efficient than them.
0: Yes, uh, now spread. You know, I think spreadsheets have um, <laughs> we could do a whole thing on this possibly, but spreadsheets possibly have a, there's a chapter in if we talk if we tell the story of how fucked up the world got and how much we how stupid we got and how much we ended up relying on like linear models and gave ourselves the illusion that we're able to model anything. <laughs> I think the invention of a spreadsheet is a chapter in that book. It's, that's how powerful spreadsheets are. They gave like the most mediocre people the idea that they can model really like anything, complex things. In, I,
1: in my uh, college career, sorry, when I was in college from 2012 to 2016, that's where I ran into and like bought my first Bitcoin was during that time. And like I would say the most important thing that I learned in college was how to use Bitcoin. The number two thing, the most important thing I learned in college was how to use spreadsheets. Spreadsheets, I would put almost up on a similar level of Bitcoin in terms of revolutionary technologies to my life. Learning how to use spreadsheets to track the data points in my life completely changed the direction of my life. Totally get it.
0: I mean, that's what I'm saying is it's spreadsheets are one of the most... I'll say Microsoft Excel because actually when when I was there, there was... There were three spreadsheets that businesses were using mm-hmm. and they couldn't agree. Excel destroyed. I mean, forget about 10x better than, you know, Microsoft Excel got the network effect and not because Microsoft criminally monopolized the operating system. It's because... They had Excel a better product. It was so superior. It was so, so superior to all the other spreadsheets that it destroyed it destroyed all of them. It was so powerful... Um, I mean look my first job I was ma- I was I, I was able to use a spreadsheet to manage like all of the pension calculations for a system you know a pension system with millions of employees I mean it's crazy how powerful these spreadsheets are right however um, I do believe that many people got, uh, maybe a little hoodwinked <laughs> into believing that just because you can do something on a spreadsheet, right, doesn't mean you can actually doesn't mean you can actually understand a system. And so I just just take the example of projecting. Well, take climate, right? The climate hysteria is basically people have manipulated spreadsheet models. They've published papers based on them. They've used the power of the spreadsheet. <laughs> right, to um, model fantastic, just fantastic ideas, right, and then you could wrestle it into saying whatever you want, Mm -hmm. and because there are aspects, like I said, we could probably do a whole episode on this, but there are aspects of using spreadsheets that actually blunt and shunt your critical, people's critical thinking about the thing they're using it for.
1: That that makes complete sense. I mean, it's a like yeah.
0: all of the object-oriented ob- all the object-oriented programming is embedded. That's just revolutionary, right? That you could do things on a spreadsheet. That if you needed, if you wanted to use C plus you would need a, you would need an architect, you know, to do the object orientation to be able to abstract the fields that Excel just lets any five year old, pretty much any five year old do it. It's incredible, right? but there's a there's a downside and a cost and i believe it's exacted itself on society.
1: Yeah, spreadsheets are an incredibly powerful like mountain moving tool. But yeah, it's a, like like any tool, if you once you become used to it, your ability to operate without the tool degrades. It's like it's a, it's, a, it's an incredibly powerful tool and it's a crutch. Like you people don't understand the numbers behind them behind the spreadsheets that they're typing in. But that being said, I mean it's like similar to so going back to where we got into this. Uh, people that use spreadsheets, uh, it, it, spreadsheets didn't replace people; didn't replace jobs. People that use spreadsheets replaced the people that didn't. So similar to like these algorithmic tools that are available to us now, they're not gonna put people out of work. What they're gonna, what's gonna happen is people that know how to use these tools are going to put the people that don't know how to use these tools out of work. This this is just a new tool available to make people more creative and more more useful, more efficient. Potentially.
0: Put, uh, potentially. I mean, I still think there's a lot of noise.
1: I mean, I can only speak for myself. And um, yeah. a- AI tools have dramatically increased my productivity in, wh- in multiple aspects of my life.
0: Right, because you are not holding down a fake job.
1: <laughs> this is true. I'm not, I used to, uh, right. There was a time when I had a salary where it was, well, what am I going to do today to make my time card work out?
0: Right, you're an exception, but something you're not. Hold, you're not pretending to justify a job that nobody needs.
1: That's correct. You, I'm trying to correct. add value to the world.
0: Correct, that's right, and that's so. That's the kind of person maybe that actually would find, you know, would benefit. That's my point. The whole that that really brings the whole point together. It's just that is that the majority of the world doesn't understand value. Majority of the world is pretending to work at a job that's needed to begin with when it's not and we don't know the va- we because we don't know the value of anything, right? We don't know how much our jobs maybe were created by a low rate environment or created by um whatever manipulation of market and prices mm-hmm. um exist, right? We most people don't know that their jobs were never needed to begin with.
1: Well and, right? and they they're <laughs> desperately lying to themselves to validate their existence.
0: So I don't think AI is coming in and magically turning this society into a productive
1: no, class that's the point. No, it's the parallel right? Bitcoin or society that's replacing this fiat legacy yes. society. you'll
0: s- You'll see that happen as the money gets fixed, right So the people that live on a on a fixed money on a, on a corrected money that sh- that with an emergent market that shows marginal value at every moment, right they're more likely to find productive things to do
1: there are legacy market markets uh forces that i expect will find their way into the bitcoin world it's like my, my previous employer deloitte i mean there I, I still have buddies who work over there and like they're they're they are using these algorithmic tools in like for their deliverables at this point and Ooh. so some of them are like they've said like uh, there's they, deloitte has had uh layoffs and drawdowns like pretty much everywhere else in the market has. But the people that are surviving are the people that are being more productive. And I mean, so like, I I think having used spreadsheets, having used Bitcoin, having used um, DALI and these uh, ChatGPT, these different algorithmic tools, it's like from my personal experience, all of these tools, all these digital tools have made my life, have been complex multipliers for the productivity of my life. And so I, I would like to say that, these are tools that would improve everybody's life if people took the time to learn them.
0: Yes, and I would, I would asterisk. I would say asterisk. It would help people, I think, who already have good signal.
1: Well, right, like that's, that's the, big, like the, the assumption that you're not an NPC, that you're trying to improve yourself, that you're not just trying to skate by to the next paycheck. I mean, like if, if you're not trying to get by, in the, like if you're not trying to survive in the world and survive and thrive, you're just trying to get by, yeah, you're, you're not, these tools aren't going to help you. Like these, these are tools that are useful for magnifying and solidifying your place in the world. And if that's not your goal, then you don't have any reason to use these tools.
0: So yeah, maybe I'll try, I'll try one other angle here, right? It's that if it's, um, the realization that you, your job isn't needed, right? If that comes from a, from seeing an AI process, then you're fucked anyway. But if you were able to, if you were able to get to that (laughs) conclusion prior to finding AI, (laughs) right then you may actually be able to use the ai tools to then actually because you've got to figure out what what can i do that's productive right yeah. you actually have to be able to figure that out for yourself right and then you learn it's not just ai you learn python too learn how to use a spreadsheet learn how to use um you know c plus plus learn how learn these are all tools to um a productivity but you would need to have a brain that determines the use case to apply them that you have pretty good signal is a productive use of your time.
1: The kind of person that's going to sit on the usefulness of these tools is the same kind of person that's going to sit on a bank account of dollars and then wonder, oh, well, why is it cheaper? If the the gas station wants Bitcoin for gasoline, why is it cheaper for for people to pay with Bitcoin? And it's like, it takes some level of introspection and interest in improving yourself to make any kind of progress in the world and it's just the fiat culture has been so i mean it, fiat in and of itself is like a lifeline to dead or like dead people that are still walking like zombie companies there's zombie humans too that are just they haven't figured out that they're dead
0: yeah there's only about 7 billion zombie humans probably
1: right <laughs> no, there's yeah it's i mean i i, I like it, calling them zombies like I, I think i was used to used to one of them
0: actually i should say, i shouldn't generalize I would guess I can only really speak probably to the U.S., right? Just
1: like, where probably 80 to 90% are just zombie humans. That's a good, that's a good, good distinction. It's, it's much easier to exist off of government surplus here in this country than it is elsewhere in the world.
0: Yeah, actually, I mean, the people that find them, that manage to get here from other areas seem to be ahead, right? They seem to be better educated, more mature and more way more realizing of how things work in the world. So, uh,
1: and now that people have Bitcoin available anywhere in the world, they're, they're going to realize, oh, I don't need to flee to, to to America to start something when I have the tools to do it here in Kenya and the capital. Yeah.
0: Right. Like I could go, you know, there's plenty of Bitcoin in El Salvador. Like I don't need, you don't need to go to the U S to get capital. To start um, a Bitcoin wallet, let's say that everybody needs right. I can go and do it in tax-free in El Salvador and just plant capital there.
1: Or from rural America, like I don't need to move yep. to a city any a city anymore to take advantage of the the networking effect of, of Baltimore or Philadelphia. I can do it from the middle of the country with a satellite internet connection. Yeah,
0: I, it's funny. I have a coworker who's moving to Wyoming in um, a couple of weeks. And I was talking to him about our conversation about how I think rural America is now winning, and I think the two main factors are mobile work and Amazon. I think prior to those two things, you're like shit. I got to work somewhere. I need to get be able to drive to a job. Yeah, and I would like to be able to get not have to you know travel forty minutes to get decent groceries right yeah so like the amazonification of and you know not just groceries but whatever whatever i need i don't have to make like my one trip into the big city every couple of weeks to stock up on everything and i can work from home and so you get all the benefits of rural america it's beautiful and it's
1: and the area. fact that the people are, who are moving to rural America and already live in rural America are the people who are capable of working for themselves and they don't need the hand being handheld of being, oh, well, well like, come into the office, then we can have our managers watch you to make sure you're working. Like, if you're that kind of person, you're not going to do well in the country because you're, you're not going to have the drive to take care of yourself. Totally,
0: totally. I mean, some people just, like you said, not some people, probably most people need to be babysat. Right, it starts at a very young age. You need to be wrangled into public school and just sit in your desk and be watched and monitored and written about, and then um, it just continues through basically through old age. <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: it's unfortunate. Yeah, people live their whole lives and never never come to the moment of self actualization.
0: You can wrap in a second. I mean, uh, the way I think about ai right now that the chat gpt at least that version of it it only like it only knows anything from what is being it's being told on the internet i'm actually kind of Mm -hmm. it makes me happy that when i ask it things about most of what i care about it has no fucking clue what to do um because the things most of the things i care about have no footprint on the internet um
1: I have also been, so I I ask leading questions using different algorithms to figure out which one gives me the best answer that I'm happy with. And yeah, it's interesting, like some, like, so Bing is tied into the internet. So it, it, whatever is going on in the internet, it can parse and provide data about. ChatGPT3, I mean, which, which isn't outdated at this point, was using a snapshot that ended last year or the year before. So anything that happened since then, it had no view into and certainly once you get start getting into like questions about metaphysics and the levels of consciousness and uh, yeah, these algorithms yeah. are not useful to provide context on those things.
0: It makes me feel the way I felt when like during um, the lockdown, when I still saw all the food I like on the shelves, I was like, yep, that makes me, that made me feel good because nobody likes the food I like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's going for the Honey Nut Cheerios, right? And then leaving the, you know... <laughs> leaving the pastured stuff to people like me, right? So, um, and I felt felt pretty good about that. I'm like, yep, I am on an alternative system. And, <laughs> you know, not even these... Not, not even a fake lockdown is going to stop my local market from stocking my stuff. And... Also, ChatGPT has no fucking clue about my world still.
1: It's good to, uh, th- there's the moment of Ron Swanson uh, tossing his computer in the dumpster because uh, he looked at Google Maps and I saw a picture of his house. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's good to have that mindset, but it's also good to be realistic about the information they have on us. That's true, yes. And so
0: that, again, connects, good way to wrap it up, connects maybe with the people that, you're trying to talk to who um they've got alternative systems all figured out and implemented but they don't quite get bitcoin and maybe it's just because they, they they see the government as all too powerful but they don't really maybe it's the tech um maybe it's the technical know-how or their their belief in their own technical ability that's just is the barrier to breaking you know, to breaking that. Yeah, it's, I'd say process. it
1: sounds almost like these people have post-traumatic stress disorder, but for, like, a view of the, the power that the government, the, the quote-unquote theoretical government has over them, they're just so traumatized by the fact that the government could have power over them that they're, it's, it, become, it can become kind of a handicap to prevent you from seeing tools that you could use to really decrease that government's power over you.
0: Well, yeah, and but, like, if you think about what it takes for them to have gotten to where they are, It's an enormous amount of war.
1: Yeah. Right. Suffering. And it's like it takes trauma to choose to rebuild yourself outside of centralized society.
0: Dude, when I think about what it took just to not, like one year, not give my kids a flu shot. You know, like it was just like the amount of hoops I had to jump. Like the the way they tried to make my life miserable. Mm
1: -hmm. Right.
0: And these guys have just built mad calluses to shit like that, right? Yeah. So, but now you got to penetrate through those calluses in
1: well, order to... Well, uh, I mean, we don't have to... Believe make, in Bitcoin. They're going to figure it out eventually. The question yep. is, yeah, what's the exchange rate when they figure it out? It's like, I, I I, would like to be the person and be like, hey, like I, I have something that can help you, and I, I expect that you have something that can help me. Let's work together. Uh, but, I mean, but I would
0: also ask what is left of their vision also when that happens, because they you know like it, their inflation is their um, view of their life
1: that's interesting bitcoin the, could be like the capstone that they've been waiting for or it could be the thing that completely demolishes the house that they've been trying to build for themselves
0: i mean it's like giving open ai to the most produ- to people who already know how to most productively use it but they're refusing it right but like what are the, like they're the ones well who-
1: unfortunately it's not a fair game like it's not we don't exist in a communist utopia of everybody starting from an equal playing field and everybody having access to the yeah. same tools. Like this is a conf- competitive environment. Some people are going to figure out Bitcoin yep. before you. Some people are going to figure out algorithmic tools and spreadsheets before you. And the question is like, how are you going to operate on that in that game field? It's like, are you going to keep your head in the sand and assume that oh, I've already figured out everything I need to figure out? Like, are you going to Is, is ossification going to be your def- your defining factor? Or are you going to these grow? These are the
0: groups. These are the groups that need to talk to each other and try and see what we can do. For
1: sure. Right? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right, man. I think it's. Uh-
2: I guess we won't hide. They'll come loud and they'll come fast. But we shoot first and we can last. Keep your rifle by your side. If they don't have faith there